No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Hey, Flex Bros. Tonight, uh, my co-host Tom and I talk about Super Bowl picks, uh, three running backs that you should be targeting in package deals that still offer flex value. Um, then we're also going to talk about some late night workout supplements. Good evening. Thanks for having me back. Hey, glad we could get you back on the show. I know you've got a, a busy evening going on. We had a fun weekend. We're not going to talk about how many fish we did or did not catch. Well, at the end of the day, we both uh, we we tied for the amount of fish that we both caught. Yeah, yeah, I like I like that story. That's that's a good route. That's that's what we're yeah. going to go with. Um, but yeah, we actually had some some sad news this weekend. I don't know if you were as big of a fan as I was, but Colby Bryant, like everybody knows, passed away. So I just wanted to give him a quick shout out and say I I had a lot of fun watching him growing up. Uh, Early on when he was with Shaq, he was one of those guys. It was a lot of fun to root against. And then when he kind of took the team on his back, when Shaq went to Miami, it was fun to to watch all the things that he did. My my one Kobe memory is when he came out with his low top shoes. I thought that was pretty cool, and uh, I remember being excited to go buy a pair. I I wasn't a shoe guy at all, but when those came out, I was a big fan of Kobe. So I, that's that's probably the only athletic shoe I went to the store knowing exactly what I was going to buy. I I remember. That uh, that pair of shoes that you had actually the the purple ones with the with the gold they yep. kind of kind of look like Vikings shoes. I, I actually still have them just for when we go to Vikings games. <laughs> yeah. Well, my uh, my quick Kobe story was back when we were in uh in freshman year of high school when the the our uh, Timberwolves were playing the Lakers in the playoffs. That was when the the Wolves were the number number one seed. It made it all the way to the Western Conference Championship for the first time ever. We had Kevin Garnett, Spreewell, Sam Cassell, and uh, we we ended up going to Game 7. That, that was the year when the Pistons ended up winning the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, Kobe and Shaq and Gary Payton and Carl Malone were on the same team. And we, uh, we put up a pretty decent fight up until about the middle of the fourth quarter. Uh, they... Uh, Went on a pretty big run. I remember uh, another player, Kareem Rush, was five of five for threes that night. I don't know why that stat will ever stick with me, but I, I remember being being a teenager, being kind of naive, thinking that the Timberwolves are as good or if not better than the Lakers. And with uh, with less than a minute left, I think the Lakers were up by by nine or ten, so the game was was basically out of reach. But uh, we. The, the Vikings, or not the Vikings, the Timberwolves, missed a shot. Kobe got the, the rebound, so we followed them to put him on the line. And Kobe made a free throw with his eyes closed. And I, I remember seeing that replay. That was that was the moment where I was no longer naive. I, I knew Kobe was way better than, than Kevin Garnett, and the Lakers would always, would always be better than the Timberwolves. So thank you for... Uh, making me realize that that Kobe, you you were by far the best NBA player that I got to grow up watching. 
Yeah, that's what I was I was explaining to uh, Kelsey, my wife, last night. And we'll get into fantasy in one second, but I was talking about how I think we we're just a little too young for Michael Jordan. We didn't really get to appreciate that greatness, but in our generation, our generation, it was Kobe. So. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun memories there. But we got to know the, uh, the Washington Wizards version of, of Michael Jordan and watch watch all of his highlights. Yeah, that's true. And that's why we're not talking about Michael Jordan tonight. Uh, but right. let's transition over to the Super Bowl. Who do you who do you got for your pick? The the Chiefs defense is going to step up and slow down this uh, this Forty ers elite rush offense. And uh, I, I got the Chiefs thirty eight twenty seven. Long story short, I think that the Chiefs defense is, is going to be able to um, stop Mostert, Coleman, or Breda, whoever it is that's carrying the rock. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo will finally prove you and me correct on those third and longs when he has to make the, the passes that, that count the most. He's he's going to fail. Well, call, call me a Jimmy G fan this weekend because I'm rooting for the 49ers. Or I shouldn't say rooting for him, but I think that uh, Shanahan's got – a couple of things up his sleeve that he hasn't had to pull out. The the 49ers have had a comfortable lead in the fourth quarter each game. So it hasn't really been too competitive. So I think there's going to be a couple of trick plays, uh, a couple of ways that they get Kittle open. They haven't had to do too much stuff for him. And even if they do shut down that running game, I, I think Debo is really ascending and uh, Kittle's very reliable. And we haven't heard much from our buddy Emmanuel Sanders, but he's still out there on the field too. So uh, I, I think what they've had in store for us this postseason, they've just been able to keep in their back pocket. And this is going to be the game where they can pull out all the stops. So I'm predicting the 49ers win. I, I'm hoping for a shootout, but you know how these Super Bowls go sometimes. Uh, sometimes there's only a couple of touchdowns. So I'll go – 49ers 20 to 13. All right, so you're 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 taking the under. Vegas has the, the line at 54 and a half points right now. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the under last year too when the Patriots took on the Rams. So, yeah, yeah a lot of teams even when they're explosive and exciting, uh, there's a lot of nerves especially the first half of the game where where players aren't really doing what what we've seen them do all season and they've also had two weeks off. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It should be a good game. Yeah, I remember last year a lot of uh, experts were predicting that it would be the highest-scoring Super Bowl with the, the Patriots and uh, the Rams, and I believe Sony Michelle was the only player to get a, a touchdown that entire game. Yeah, I think you're right. So, well, let's uh, move into the purpose of tonight's show. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> We're going to be talking about three running backs that you should be targeting in package deals that are they're 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 a little bit older, um, but they still have a little bit of weekly flex value. Uh, so similar to the wide receivers I talked about last night, these running backs are going to get you about ten points a game and half point scoring. Uh, but before that, I've got a, a quick test for you. Initializing audio system test sequence in three, two, one. All right. Can you tell me who the three oldest active running backs are? Well, number one has to be Frank Gore. 
Yep, he's he's 36. Adrian Peterson. He's 34. Is that the, the number one and two? Yep. Because it, Darren Sprawls has officially retired. Okay. And LeGarrette Blount is not active right now. And the third oldest. Um, can you tell me AFC or NFC? NFC. And it's actually somebody that you've talked about tonight. Kevin Coleman? It is Marshawn Lynch. Oh, yeah. He's, he's 33. So thought, thought I'd throw out that uh, that trick question he for was, you. He was, he was never really in the league this year to begin with. He was, he was active. He was on the field. Barely. Uh, but all right. So we are going to get into the, this show. But, you know, I was I was thinking about it, and I was looking at these stats, and I, I, just, I just can't do it. I can't. I can't lie to the people, and I, I, can't, I can't sell this. We're going to talk about the Triple Ds, Devonta, David, and Damian. So Devonta Freeman, David Johnson, Damian Williams. We I can't talk people into these guys. They, they got to sell. Let's talk about what kind of picks they should be trying to get if, if they have these guys. Yeah, if you, if you have those guys, I'm, I'm with you. I'd be, I'd be selling right now. All right. Well, let's let's start with the the guy that. Well, I guess two of these guys have ended as the number one um, overall, both Devonta and David Johnson. So uh, Devonta Freeman, three of his last eight regular season games were less than nine points, including only two games where he had greater than four yards per carry. Uh, people are going to point to his 400 receiving yards. But I'd also point out that only two of his last eight games, his reception yardage was greater than 16 yards. So he did a lot of that the first half. And another really concerning stat is overall, the last few years he finishes RB1, but then dropped to six, then 13, then 101. Uh, that was a pretty injury-plagued season. Make sure you stretch out those cream hamstrings. Um, and then he, he actually ended this year as RB20. So because he still finished as a two, I think this is a great time to sell him for a second-round pick. Uh, but before that, I guess I've got one more quiz for you. Who, who should the Falcons have gone with a couple of years ago? Should they have given Freeman that deal, or should they have tried to lock in Tevin Coleman? But I think at the time you have to pick the player who's producing more and who's who's showing their elite level of play. Which at the time I think I think Devontae Freeman was was the much better, um, faster, more explosive back. So I think he I think he was the right decision at the time. But um, after he got hurt in Week One in 2018, um, as you've you've stated, he's he's definitely showed a, a steady decline. Well, my answer was going to be neither. I think they should have let them both go and, and waited for a year like this where they could take a Miles Sanders or a Justice Hill. Uh, well, if, if I knew this was a trick question, I, I would have uh, brought up the, the, the point that uh, running backs typically don't don't matter for, uh, for for NFL teams, for your fantasy team. You, you need to have those, those stud McCaffrey or, or Saquon running backs. But for, I mean, look at the, the number one. Uh, running football team right now going to the Super Bowl, the 49ers, they, they don't have an elite back. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, speaking of the elite guys, 
uh, even this last year going into the into the drafts, people were saying uh, David Johnson was still elite, but this last year he he got kind of banged up, and he's I think he's 27. He's going to be 28, but he he seems like he's a little bit older than that. And I guess I would say that um, he's a hold until he goes to a different team. I think he's going to meet back up with Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay. And I think that's going to be the opportunity to try to trade him. And I think there, there might be somebody, somebody like me who had David Johnson a couple of years ago and wrote him out to a championship. And if you know who that guy is in your league, just wait until there's all that David Johnson hype. And then, uh, Send, send a trade offer and try to get a first from them. Not an early first, but you might be able to get the 110, the 112. And if you want to send a video, maybe send a, a David Johnson YouTube uh, highlight video clip with the offer, if you can send that in a message. I know we use the Sleeper app, and you can send vi- some fun videos like that in too. Um, but he's kind of a tricky guy because he's had three seasons in the top 10, and then he's had two seasons outside the top 36. So uh, luckily, one of those seasons was due to injury. So I think you can kind of point that out when you're trying to move him. Uh, but I, I think now is the time to sell him. Yeah. Well, the, the problem is if you if you're the, the David Johnson owner, what are you what are you trying to, to sell this sell David Johnson for? I'm trying to sell him for a late first once there's that hype when he goes to the new team. I just I think with how talented this uh, this next class is going to be, it's going to be tough to tough to get that that first rounder. But if you uh, if you were trying to buy David Johnson right now before he ends up on another team, what would you uh, be offering right now? Uh, well, with him being on the Cardinals still, and Kenyon Drake looking really good, and they haven't said anything that promotes that they're planning on on using him. Uh, I'd, I'd be nervous to even send over a second round pick because if he's in a timeshare, it's going to be really hard to predict. And it, it won't be as much of a timeshare as the 49ers, but there's still going to be those weeks where he might only see six, seven, eight touches. And uh, at his age too, and with his injuries, they, they might just give him a, a game off or two. We saw that one game where he had one touch and then he just went and sat down and then Chase Edmonds went off and Edmonds is still on the roster. So right now, uh, I wouldn't be trading anything more than a third. Yeah, I, I'm about the, the same uh, with you. In, in one of my dynasty leagues, I have, I have the 210, and I'm, that's, uh, I wouldn't be sending that over tonight. But that's, uh, yeah, a late second or an early third is about where I, I've got David Johnson pegged right now. Yeah, well, well, so maybe maybe I'm being a little too ambitious saying David Johnson's worth the first once he goes to the Bucks. So let's say he goes there, he's getting the hype. Uh, Bruce Arians is saying he's going to get a thousand yards on the ground and through the air, and he's got great rapport with James Winston. Everybody always looks good in the in the off season. Uh, so that that hype gets up there. What do you think you have to add to David Johnson to get a first at that point? Oh, that's uh. That, that's that's a good question, but the the thing that, that, that bothers me with uh, with trying to trade for David Johnson is the uh, the, the weeks that, that matter the most in, in fantasy football is is the, the playoffs and trying to rely on on a guy who's uh, dealing with a what's clearly not a minor back injury, thinking that this guy's going to get you sixteen solid weeks uh, is 
is uh, pretty crazy in, in my opinion. So I don't I don't think even with the the amount of hype that uh, that he would get, I would I would give up at first. Do you think if you had David Johnson though, would you need to add a second to flip him for a first, or do you think you could do David Johnson in a third? I think at that point you, you could do get away with David Johnson in a third. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, I'll I'll make a note of that. Luckily, I don't have any shares of David Johnson, so I haven't been put in that situation. But if if I had him, I think I'd be I'd be trying to get out. But you make a good point. This year's first round um, is pretty valuable, and yeah, people people are very well aware of David Johnson's history. Well, let's let's move to the third D, uh, Damian Williams. Uh, what what do you think he's worth right now? Straight up. Uh, not knowing what next season's going to look like. If you had him and, and you don't feel comfortable with him, what are you trying to get? Well, obviously I'd be uh, shooting for uh, the moon on this one. I'd be, I'd be trying to get a, a first-round pick. I can say this is the, the Chiefs running back. The, when, he's, when he's starting, he's, he's the guy. Uh, but unfortunately, I think most people are going to recognize that he uh, was injured, obviously, this year. He's an older running back, and the Chiefs have been uh, predicted to take – um, one of these elite level rookie running backs in the, the top three rounds um, in, a, in a couple of months here. So I think realistically I would trade him, um, try to trade him for, for an early second. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit lower on Damian Williams than you. I think I'd actually be comfortable selling him for a high third, uh, really even a mid third. I think he's still got value being Kansas city's starting running back. But I totally agree. I think their defense has stepped up. Their offensive line is playing great. They obviously have so many pass-catching uh, options that this this should be the year that Andy Reid goes and picks out one of his favorite guys, maybe in the second or third round. Uh, I think I think everybody would, would probably trade half their team for the 101 if uh, the Chiefs end up taking a running back in the first round. Um but so I think while he's still got value on Kansas City, just to tra- trade him for whatever you can get, because uh, pretty soon he's going to take a backseat to a rookie, and it's it's going to be tough to get much more out of him. Yeah, if you, if, you, uh, if they do spend one of those um, first draft picks, I, I completely agree. I, I think um, even in a, in a super flex league, you could argue that the, the rookie Chiefs running back would uh, would go ahead of Burrow um, on the. Yeah, the rookie draft, because you, you saw what, what happened with uh, Kareem Hunt, an above-average running back, uh, an elite offense, becomes a top 10 with uh, top five running back upside each week to get you out. But with something I thought that was interesting is a lot of people pointed back to Andy Reid's previous seasons, whether it was with, with the Chiefs or the Eagles, that every time they had a starting running back, that was the guy, that was their workhorse. He, he would get... Ninety um, percent of the of the carries, and this year bringing in bringing in Shady, um, it, it it was interesting to see that that uh, Andrew Reid has adapted more of the, the running back by committee style, and um, even uh, Darwin Thompson was out there for a couple of snaps against uh, the Texans. I think one of the one of the balls hit Darwin Thompson right between the numbers, and he forgot to turn around and catch the ball. But it, it is interesting to to know that that Andy Reid, this guy who's always Stuck by his one running back, um, did use a running back by committee this year. So if they did draft a running back out of this class, um, it'll be interesting to see if they if they stick with that committee or if he goes back to his old ways. Yeah, I think I think Andy Reid 
uh, he he's kind of a creature of habit. And so, yeah, this year I think that was more based on necessity with injuries. So, uh, yeah, if if they draft somebody and they nominate them to be the starter, that's it's going to be wheels up, and that's going to be the guy that you're going to want to target in your rookie drafts. Uh, but we had a lot of requests the last couple weeks from uh, people that, that saw the big flexing arm asking when we're going to start talking about workouts and supplements. So tonight I just wanted to talk about supplements to use later in the evening, uh, maybe something to help with sleep or a pre-workout that doesn't have 300 milligrams of caffeine and then you're stuck staring at the ceiling all night. Uh, so the workout supplement that I wanted to talk about was a uh, high low gummies. Uh, it's spelled H I L O, uh, but they're actually gummies that have, uh, the same, uh, nutritional items as like a pre-workout. Uh, but it does, it doesn't have a ton of caffeine. So I, I enjoy it cause it gives me a good focus, get a good pump. Um, so I've been taking that it for my workouts later in the evening. Anybody out there with two or more kids, you know, if you're still trying to squeeze out workouts, you got to do it whenever you can. And for me, a lot of times it's after 8 p.m., but uh, I'm not in my early 20s anymore, so I can't stay up till 3 and go to work the next day. Well, I, I remember uh, when you were helping me move that couch a couple weeks ago, too. We were bringing, bringing all this furniture um, through the, uh, the foot of snow and uh, taking taking the back doors off trying to fit this couch into my basement um i was i was getting pretty irritable and uh, it was almost like a snickers commercial you you pulled out the, the high low gummies out of, out of your gym bag and popped those and i was, I was feeling like popeye gave me a, a new sense of energy yeah yep so do you got any anything you want to share for the people uh for a nighttime recovery supplement for about the past decade now i've been taking zma so it's uh, zinc, magnesium, aspartate, and that kind of helps uh, chill me out before I'm I'm trying to go to bed. So I think in this uh, digital society that we that we live in, um, I, I definitely experience a little bit of anxiety and kind of get those uh, those nighttime thoughts where I'm I'm up late, uh, I'm thinking about everything that I didn't get done today, things that I need to get get done tomorrow, and uh, this uh, ZMA definitely. Um, helps kind of make me feel a little more relaxed and I, I feel much more refreshed in the morning, get, get a, a deeper sleep. So that the first couple of months of taking it, I was, I was getting some pretty, uh, pretty wild dreams. I was, I was uh, uh, pretty knocked out there. So I've, uh, for those of you that have tried taking NyQuil, it was, it was a similar experience, but I think after a couple of months, my body got more used to it and um, I'm not quite having those those crazy dreams. Great, crazy, crazy dreams. As in, I'm in five or six fantasy leagues, and I get get the 101 in every every single uh, every single draft. Well, if if you're getting the 101, that's not always a good thing. Talking about your previous season. Uh, well, I think speaking of uh, nighttime workouts, I'm going to try to hit the gym quick. So, anything else you want to get out there before you? Uh, Get us out of here. No, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl on Sunday. Keep it flexing.